Welcome to Soft Landing, the podcast that makes interior design accessible to everyone. Hey guys, I'm Amy. I'm an interior designer, artist, and space planner. I'm here to talk about everything you need to know about interior design, from furniture to finances. I'm sharing over a decade of experience to help you find real design solutions and craft the space of your dreams. Why, hello there, design lovers, and welcome to a very special episode of Soft Landing. Today is the first time in the history of this podcast that I am doing an interview. I am joined today by my friend Catherine Rule, and she is a textile artist and designer. And let me tell you, we had a ton of fun talking about all the cool fabric dyeing techniques that Catherine uses and how you can integrate them into your home. So without further ado, please enjoy my interview with Catherine. Catherine, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so excited to have you. So do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about who you are and the work that you do? Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me, Amy. Um, I'm a big fan of your podcast. And um, I am a textile artist and designer. I have a a YouTube channel and Instagram account that I do a lot of dyeing tutorials on and I teach workshops on shibori and I just love all things textile related um, including quilting, dyeing, sewing, um, all all that stuff and um, I live here in Brooklyn and I have been working in the textile industry for 15 years. Um, the dyeing stuff is kind of like my side hustle. And then I also work in the t- textile industry um, as my full-time job. And um, for my full-time job, I do a lot of home textiles. So um, I definitely have a connection with the like interior world. So cool. Love that. And for um, those out there who may not know, who maybe haven't um, gotten into the the DIY dyeing, dyeing world, what exactly is shibori? Because I don't think I knew before I met you. That's a really good question. Yeah. Um, I always like say that word and I always just assume I forget that like it's some people don't know. <laughs> but that's um, <laughs> That's a good uh, question. So shibori is kind of like tie-dye. It's a Japanese word, and it's just a word for resist dyeing. And traditionally, shibori is done with indigo, which is kind of a special type of dye. Indigo is used to dye denim and um, a lot of things, but it is a pigment dye instead of a fiber reactive dye. So it's a little bit um, tricky to work with. And um, it kind of has this like mysterious quality to it because it um, oxidizes. Like when you first take something out of the indigo vat, it's green and then it oxidizes to blue. And then, um, a lot of the blue washes off 
And that's because it's a pigment dye. So it means that the like blue sits on top of the fabric. So anyway, indigo is like this whole thing. And there's people who love indigo and like spend their whole life like working with indigo. And it's a really cool um, process. And there's all kinds of different indigo recipes. And like you can really go down the rabbit hole with indigo. And I definitely have. And I think it's like super interesting. Um, and then there's a bajillion ways to tie your fabric to get all kinds of different um, resist patterns. So you can use blocks and string and rubber band and like coins and rope and pipes and <laughs> all kinds of things to get um, different types of patterns and a lot of them are like traditional Japanese patterns and then also sometimes I do like my own like funky you know experimental type patterns yes I I loved when I remember like a few months back maybe over the summer or maybe it was even earlier than that you were doing like a really elaborate pattern with pennies that had been like tied with rubber bands and it looked so cool it's so fun it's like all these all of a sudden all these like common objects become ways to make patterns with shibori so it's so cool yeah it's a really um creative thing and like you can, you can as like simple as just like literally wadding up like a rubber band around it, or you can sit there and like stitch patterns into the fabric for like hours. And, um, it's, you know, it's just, it's up to you what kind of time you want to put into it. And usually, um, you know, it, I, well, for me, I find that the patterns that I like to spend a long time on are like really, really cool. And um, yeah, those are like more challenging, but kind of fun. It's kind of like embroidery or something. Yeah, yeah, that's so true, right? Like you can spend a long time like sewing up different patterns and it's all about like the prep work rather than just the the last dunk into the dye vat, right? Yeah, I mean, well, that being said, like the dunking is very important too <laughs> because you can always dip something again, but you can't undip it. So it's like, it's a little bit of like an art form I've, I've found. Like I've definitely like dipped it too long and then it's like, you know, a lot of trial and error. That's <laughs> what happens when you dip it too long. It's just, you it's just all blue. Oh, there's no resist anymore. I Which see. is okay. still pretty, but you yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's cool. But so, I mean, you teach Shibori in workshops, right? Yes, I do. And um, before the pandemic, for a few years, I taught um, in-person workshops. And I taught it at multiple places in Brooklyn and... Then the first like month of the pandemic, I had a workshop that was canceled, of course, and I decided to um, put them like just do it online and because um, other people I knew were teaching art classes online and I was not really sure if it would be possible or if anyone would sign up. And then I um, started to get people to sign up and it was 
I had to kind of reformat my curriculum, of course, and like figure out Zoom very quickly and like set up multiple stations in my workspace and like figure out how to make it work. And um, it's been actually really cool because I can teach um, people can come to my class who are who are not in Brooklyn. And um, that's been really cool to have like a broader reach and be able to meet new people and like. And then like, I can see their work on their Instagram accounts, like if they post it and it's like, it's kind of fun to like do this whole thing. Um, that's, it feels like a community. Yeah, that's so cool. And so how did that end up translating over? Cause I know I took your, uh, your workshop in person, I think a year and a half ago, like two summers ago. And it was so cool. Cause we got to bring like an object that we wanted to die and we folded it and then you dunked everything for us so do you demonstrate via zoom or do the people taking the workshop like make their own bat of shibori too like how does that flow yeah um well i spend the majority of the time doing a lot of folds and i have all these visual aids um and then in the supply list i have a kit that i recommend for them. That's like um, a great kit for beginners. And um, it's pretty easy to get. And so then we mix up the vat and I talk about that. And um, I'll do a few sample dippings for them and kind of talk about what I was saying. Like, you know, how you just, I kind of like to dip things quickly and then like take them out and check, kind of like peek in as far as I can to see if there's like any, if there's too much resist and if there's too much resist, then I'll dip it again. Um, and I kind of demo that and then I will reveal and, um, and then like answer questions and, and stuff like that. So I, the, the bulk of the class is the folding and, um, different folds. I demo them like, as they build onto each other. Cause a lot of them um, kind of are like related, but like different, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely does. And I'm curious, I, cause I know you can, I mean, you can technically shibori like anything that's made out of fabric. Right. And I know you do a lot of work with clothing, but you did mention um, home goods as well. So what's your favorite way to incorporate shibori or any other like kind of cool dyed textiles into like a home environment? Well, um, first of all, I, when I was doing my in-person workshops, everyone got like a pillow as like something to dye. So um, I have a lot of shibori pillows and they're really great because um they're like a square and so you can they're easy to fold and you can get like really precise patterns um with a square which is always really nice <laughs> like it's easier <laughs> to fold a square than it is to fold like a t-shirt um and then i actually reupholstered a chair um i, I reupholstered an office chair which was like a total challenge <laughs> and um <laughs> but it turned out really cool and and then i made like a wall hanging i have multiple wall hangings um 
for myself, but I made like a really large scale wall hanging for my friend um, as kind of like a housewarming thing. And it was all different. It was like a quilt of shibori and it was actually over a hundred inches long. Oh, yeah, wow. it was it was really fun. And uh, so that's like above her couch, which is like, I'm just like so honored that she has that. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's a really cool idea to have it as a wall hanging. Yeah, I loved that YouTube. You did a couple YouTube videos on the uh, reupholstering the task chair, which I thought was so cool, especially because I work in office design. And we're so used to seeing these like boring gray uh task chairs so it was so refreshing to see something that had so much pattern and life to it it was it's a cool video too definitely check it out on youtube um but then oh so the other okay so one of the things that you that you do that i'm like really really obsessed with is ice dyeing do you want to talk a little bit about ice dyeing and like what it is and how to do it sure um yeah like i um, started doing ice dyeing like over the summer or maybe in the fall because I really was inspired by like Instagram and everything. Like ice dyeing is kind of like tie dye, but you use, so you use the same dye as you would with tie dye. It's called Procyon or fiber, fiber reactive dye. And, um, you also use like soda ash and instead of mixing the dye with water, you put ice on top of whatever you're trying to dye, and then you sprinkle the dye that's dry on top of the ice, and then the ice will slowly melt with the, like, pieces of dye on top, like the granules of dye on top and it will start to pass down over the fabric and you you know you can fold the fabric in shibori ways or you can just kind of crumple it or even like lay it flat and because the ice melts so slowly and there's kind of like this like avalanche of like uh, color coming down well it's, it's sort of slow um, trickle of color coming down onto the fabric you get like these really beautiful patterns that are kind of like geological looking I'd say and um, if you use neutral colors a lot of times they are the neutral colors of course are comprised of like secondary colors and primary colors so they split into those colors like if you get like a brown or like a gray it's not gray dye it's like gray is made from like purple and green and like all these different colors blue and then when they hit the ice they split into all these different colors and not all colors will split so it's certain colors and then that will sort of like fade into the fabric in a really cool way that's so interesting. I feel like when I was little, there was like some science at home 
experiment thing that you could do where you could put like a magic marker on a coffee filter and then put some water on it and it would dissipate out through the coffee filter and the different colors would separate the way you're talking about. But I feel like the ice dyeing process does that, but it's like times 10 because it just there's like so many different sections that come into different colors and it looks so, so cool. I love it. And it's really also very cool to just see how it happens over time right like as the ice yeah. melts I think it's so yeah, it's awesome definitely, it's a little bit of a mess um so yeah. you should like have like a like a rubber bin or a tray or if you can do it outside that's obviously ideal and yeah it takes like 24 hours and I never did that experiment with the coffee filter but that's like exactly that's exactly what it is it's really cool <laughs> I, I love that. I'm like super obsessed. And you had done this really cool YouTube video where you did like the the sweatsuit, matching sweatsuit, like top and bottom that I feel like everyone got when the pandemic started because we're all at home all the time. So it's but it was like ice dyed and it just looked so custom and cool and like special because I think what's really cool about the dyeing work that you do is it's not like what I think of when I think of tie dye, where it's a little bit like Grateful Dead, like all rainbow colors, it's like so much more sophisticated and just like refined. So I just think, I think your work is so awesome. And I think it's like when you incorporate it into interiors, especially the way you're talking about with like fun little accents, like pillows or maybe a, a signature, like little um, chair, it, it's such a like little moment of joy you know yeah I think like especially I mean I of course love indigo so much but I have been having so much fun with the ice dyeing and the tie dyeing um because it is fun to incorporate those colors like it's fun to to play with colors and you know like you said like a little fun pillow or something in your house can really brighten the mood and it's like it's not a big commitment you don't have to you know it's not like buying like a statement piece or, or like a couch or something you know it's like a fun fun thing to just sort of like throw a little color in your room or, you know, refresh your couch. Yeah. A hundred percent. I love it. It's so cool. Okay. So, uh, the last thing I wanted to ask you is what is your favorite room in your home and why? Oh man. So hands down, it would be my studio. Um, I'm super lucky. I have a room in my apartment that I can use as a studio space and it is where I spend like 80% of my time. Um, I love it because I can just do whatever I want. And then I have like all these bulletin boards everywhere that I um, make mood boards with and hang fabric and like sayings or quotes or whatever, like, and all kinds of things on them. And it just kind of like keeps me focused and lets me play with different colors. Like I have a mood board right now that's like all the Einstein stuff and like it's a lot of makeup tones and like neutral colors. And then I also added some pieces I did that were um, naturally dyed with like onion and avocado. So I'm kind of like playing with those colors and I think maybe eventually it'll become a quilt. <laughs> so anyway, it's kind of like the first step. 
Yeah, it's like your living inspiration board as a room, yeah, basically. Yeah, and I, and I can like, I mean, it's a little messy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as any like, studio should be, right? And like the kitchen really tidy. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, where can people find you? What are what are all your social media yeah, handles? Yeah, um, well, it's Catherine Rule on YouTube and on Instagram. It's Onyx Matter. And it's also Catherine Rule on Facebook. So you can check it out. And I have a website, onyxmatter.com, that has links to my online Shibori class and my blog and um, Shibori pillows for sale, all kinds of Shibori things. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming here and chatting with us today. This was so much fun. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for joining us for that fun conversation. And if you're interested in checking out Catherine, please look in the show notes for her contact information, her Instagram, her YouTube, her website. And I will see you all in the next episode. Bye. 